Welcome back to the Wisconsin Runner Podcast. Spencer Agnew here with my good friend, the boss, Thomas Breitbach. Good running, everyone. And we're lucky today to have Jessa Victor here with us. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So Jessa and I have a, this is kind of back-to-back podcast with Marquette alums. So we've got a relationship, too, because we were teammates back at Marquette. Um, as I talked in the last episode, too, that the Marquette alum, especially on the women's side, are just crushing it in the marathon scene. We've got a lot of alumni that have uh, made the Olympic trials, so glad to have you here. Um, I guess let's start out, since you've gone graduate of Marquette and you've graduated from Madison. It's on the similar space as you. If you had to pick Badgers <laughs> or Gold Eagles, what would you say? Badgers all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Marquette folks. <laughs> sorry, guys. All right, we, we settled that, so that's great. <laughs> great icebreaker. Um, but again, thanks for being here. I guess the best way to start is to just kind of get into the origin story. So how did you get into running? Um, what was drawn? What drew you to the sport? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think what initially drew me to the sport was actually my dad. So he was a runner growing up, and I remember... Um, you know, probably even before kindergarten, going to the track with him, I'd bring my Barbies with me and he would just do repeats around the track and I'd be playing with my Barbies on the infield and every now and then I'd hop out there and run a lap with him. Um, but so he was kind of the initial instigator and as time went on, I started joining him for longer and longer runs. Um, and when I got to middle school, we had a track team. So I joined the middle school track team and I learned that I hated racing. It made me so nervous um, to the point where I didn't even want to continue competing. Um, but it turns out I didn't really have a choice because when I hit high school, my mom dropped me off at cross country summer camp, closed the door, locked the doors, refused to let me back in the car and left me crying in the parking lot. I was so nervous, (laughs) so scared. But when she picked me up at the end of the day, um, you know, I was all smiles and loved it. I met a bunch of friends and that kind of kicked off my love of running, I think was having um, a really strong uh, team and, you know, the bonds with the teammates really drew me in. Awesome. How did things kind of transition then from it, throughout your high school time coming in as that kind of scared, nervous freshman <laughs> to having a lot of success? How did that transition occur? Um, it was really long, a long transition. I think even throughout college, you know, I still had a lot of nerves and, um, you know, perhaps this is something we can get into later or now, but um, I had a really rough college racing experience. And I think the way that I kind of really um, grew into my own with running was I took a break from training and racing altogether and then kind of came back to the sport later in life and came back to it, um, you know, only for myself. I wasn't part of a team and I wasn't, you know, training under anyone. I was just running um, because I loved running and that kind of helped renew that passion and, um, you know, kind of re-inspired me. Awesome. We talked a little bit kind of off the record on some of the stuff and we'll probably get we'll try to get back into some of that um, as we go did you mentioned in college you had a little bit of rough experience was that similar in high school or was there kind of a different mindset or thought process that went on yeah I think there was a different mindset so when I went off to college you know I kind of saw college as this big um, you know kind of social engagement Um, so instead of having you know perhaps schooling and racing as my priority I think my number one priority was um, you know going out and meeting new people and going to different parties 
studies um, and then, you know, kind of by extension, my training really faltered. And um, actually, I ended up quitting. So I ran for Marquette and I ended up quitting the team my junior year. And then my senior year, I kind of uh, made the decision to try to reorganize my priorities. And in order to take a step in that direction, I decided to study abroad in South Africa. Um, and so I did that, and while I was living in South Africa, we happened to have the Table Mountain Range, basically in our backyard. Um, and that was how I discovered trail running and absolutely fell uh, in love with trail running. Um, so, yeah, yeah. You kind of set the bar pretty high so, with that. <laughs> I think that did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did that um, experience kind of just give you a release? And you, you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that you found, kind of you ran for yourself instead of running for a team or anything mm -hmm. like that is that kind of where it all started just out there in the trails you and your own head figuring out kind of where life was going to take you definitely yeah not having any sort of pressure or expectation um no races to be worried about just you know being able to go out the door and you know deciding in that moment how far i wanted to go whether i wanted to turn left or right or go uphill or through the city um, you know, I could kind of just let my feet take me as my mind wandered. And it was um, a really therapeutic experience, actually. It was, um, yeah, pretty incredible and definitely, like you said, kind of uh, rejuvenating. At that point, were you just going to run because you loved to run? Or did you know from that point on that, okay, maybe there's some more from a competitive aspect that I want to reach out to? Yeah, um, I I think I started just running because I love to run, um, but that did shift. So in South Africa, there's the Comrades Marathon, yeah. um, and it happened to go right by our house. So I was you know sitting out one morning and watching all these runners go by, and I kind of got that itch again to race. Um, so I found a half marathon in South Africa. Actually, I'd never run that distance before, but um, I registered for the half marathon and did that. And I remember crossing the finish line and thinking. I wonder if I could turn around, could I run all the way back to the start line and do the full 26.2 at some point? And that kind of was the initial seed, um, you know, that got me thinking about doing a full marathon. And, and from there, you know, it, it kind of, uh, you know, slowly grew from that point on. What was that time frame like? How long did it take from, you know, gently getting back into things to mm -hmm. really deciding to be like, okay, I'd like to make this a uh, a part of my life as being a competitive runner again? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, let's see, I probably spent about three or four months in South Africa before I got back into training um, and, and decided to register for that half marathon. And I did that initial half marathon, but then even when I came home after studying abroad, I was still pretty reserved in my training. Um, I did go, um, let's see, I would have gotten back. So yeah, I still had another year of school, I think. Um, and even that last year of graduate school, it was still kind of just more running for myself. Um, after graduating from undergrad, I decided to run my first marathon. Again, that still wasn't a really competitive marathon. I didn't want any pressure because I wanted to be proud of my first marathon. I didn't want to set time and then not reach that time. And you know, the last thing I wanted running my first marathon was to feel disappointed in my finish. I wanted, as long as I finished, I wanted to be really proud of that. So I kept the bar low, um, ran my first marathon. And then I would probably say a year or two later is when I really delved back into training and really wanted to push my limits and see if I could get some speed back and get that kind of competitive drive back but um but yeah it was a really long process that's good to hear thomas and i talk about that sometimes too especially with the marathon that 
the, the goal should just to be have a good experience mm-hmm. with the first one specifically. So it's awesome to hear like, okay, this is something we're talking about. Maybe trying to work with other athletes about having, how to have a good experience. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. And then you kind of jumped off from that to have a ton of success yeah. afterwards. It's, yeah. it's really good to hear and comforting for me to hear too, to know that, okay, Thomas, maybe we're on the right spot. <laughs> well, good. Happy to help. <laughs> um, did you, during uh, law school, were you training during that time or how did your priorities stack up? Yeah, so I was training during that time. Um, It was definitely um, a means for me to kind of manage my stress levels. But my last year of law school, I did decide to train for a marathon pretty competitively. My goal at that time was to just break three hours. Um, The previous marathon that I had done, I ran in 313. So I wanted to, um, you know, go under that three hour barrier. And I trained for the Lakefront Marathon and ran that and ran a 255. Um, and then from there, I wanted to go even longer and farther. And instead of picking a new race, what I decided to do was after graduating law school, I decided to through hike the entire Appalachian Trail, which goes um, 2,189 miles from Georgia all the way up to Maine. Um, so I really got bit by the distance bug, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of went to the extreme. <laughs> So, yeah, so I did that, um, and that was an incredible experience and definitely boosted my confidence as far as what my body was capable of handling in terms of um, mileage and pain level and, you know, climbing abilities, all that. So, How, uh, how many days did that take you and about how many miles a day or so was that? Yeah, so it took me about four and a half months. I did take um, a one-week break um, in the middle there. So it averaged out to um, probably 15 miles a day, okay. but that includes, you know, I would take some days just completely rest days. So um, I would say on an average hiking day, I was probably hiking around 20 miles a day, which through some of that terrain, oh, you know, particularly the White Mountains in New Hampshire was the hardest thing I've ever done physically in my life. Um, so, yeah. How, how much preparation went on beforehand for that trek? As far as like physical training? Um, or planning, 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 and maybe a little bit of training, but more so the logistics side of things. Not a lot, surprisingly. Um, Really the thing that took a lot of planning was just the gear list. So what I was okay. going to be bringing with me, but as far as, you know, by what date I wanted to hit what mile marker or, um, you know, whether I was going to, um, you know, uh, send care packages to myself or go grocery shopping in whatever town that I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants with. Okay. So, um, I would say not a lot of training in that regard. You just, you never know what's going to happen on the trail. So you could do as much planning as you want and it's all going to be tossed out the window in like the first week anyways. Right. So, right. Was that a, kind of what jump-started the ultra scene then, especially the end of the That's trail exactly side. what did, yes. Um, so I, you know, I already knew that I loved trails at that point, and I knew I loved running, um, so it just made sense to kind of put the two together. I had definitely been intimidated by ultras up until that point, um, but I remember one day I was hiking along the Appalachian Trail and ran into another hiker, and she happened to be an ultra runner um, from upstate Maine, and she mentioned, she, you know, kind of in passing, she's like, you know, by the time you're done with this hike, you're going to be in the best shape for running an ultra 
And, you know, I hadn't thought about that up until that point, but that did kind of plant that seed. And and as my hike went on, I started thinking about, well, what do I want to get into after this hike? Um, And ultras kind of seemed like a logical answer. So when I finished the trail, um, I did find an ultra race, you know, kind of within the vicinity of, of home here. And it happened to be the North Face Endurance Challenge. Um, so one month after finishing my hike and summiting Katahdin, which is the last mountain um, on the trail, I did my first 50K and I did it with absolutely no training other than hiking the Appalachian Trail. And it went super well. Yeah. I ended up winning the race. And <laughs> that, you know, that was that was awesome. And I was hooked immediately. Mm-hmm. That is that's phenomenal. Just an awesome story. And that was you said a month or so after you got back? Yeah, so I finished the trail on August seventeenth and then I think the race was like mid September. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Okay. So that I mean you had that kind of bug there ready to get into the ultra steam and that just other than what we we're talking about having in the the marathon, just kinda have a good experience. Now you've had a good exactly. experience and you've had success. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of snowballed into what you were going to do, what you've done, I guess, since then. Yeah, yeah, those two things together definitely um, definitely got me hooked. And, you know, pretty much right after I finished that race, I hopped on the computer on Ultra Sign Up and started looking <laughs> up other races in the area. Um, at that point, I hadn't even thought about attempting to run a 50-miler, but um, a friend of mine was like, why Why wouldn't you? Why like, you've hiked yeah. the entire Appalachian Trail. Why not go for it? And I was like, well, I don't know if I can do it. He's like, well, what a stupid reason to not register. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I guess you're right. Um, so I registered for the Ice Age Trail 50 and then spent that next winter um, training for that. Awesome. Yeah. And if people want, they check out your ultra sign up and they see some pretty good results. They can, yes. So how many ultras have you done so far? That's a great question. Um, I haven't counted. I would say more than five, less than 15. Okay. Somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. So quite a few. Quite a quite few. A few. And how many yeah. years has that span been? Um, that was probably within a year and a half. Okay, so period. you were hitting it pretty hard mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Once you got yeah. into the scene, it was. I was doing probably three ultra marathons a season. Okay. Yeah, and then I switched back, you know, just in the last, gosh, um, year or so, I switched back to marathon training then to prepare for the trials. Yeah, and so. a perfect transition right into there what we talked about next. <laughs> Easy money, yeah. <laughs> was that always a goal to qualify for the trials, or when did that kind of inspiration come? Yeah, so I think that inspiration probably came um, when I saw our previous teammate, Anna Weber, who Bill Spencer and I ran with at Marquette. I saw her journey to qualify for the Olympic trials back in 2016. Um, It was so much fun watching her, and that kind of planted that seed. So I would have been in law school at that time. And um, while in law school, I remember thinking, like, man, I don't want to just kind of follow that usual track of like you run in college, then you get a job and you settle down and running kind of falls by the wayside. Um, So I decided at that point I wanted to make kind of a concrete list of things I wanted to accomplish even after law school. So, um, you know, for one example, I put hike the Appalachian Trail was on there and run an ultra marathon. And then, you know, I kind of hesitated and then I added qualify for Olympic trials. And I wasn't quite sure whether that one would actually come to fruition or not. But um, but I figured why not throw it on there? It scared me enough that I felt like it should be on there. Um, So. Yeah, that kind of just, you know, after I wrapped up doing um, ultra marathons after hiking the Appalachian Trail, that was kind of the next um, item on the list to go after. Tell us about that transition from, I mean, track to marathoning 
to ultra marathon back to the marathon was there a mindset shift um kind of just reframing things again how did that transition occur yeah there um you know it was challenging it's pretty easy to kind of keep going up in distance i think um you know because you just keep tacking on more and more mileage um and it becomes kind of more about quantity over quality when you're getting into the ultra scene but then reining it back in was really weird because you know i kept feeling like i was slacking off by doing less mileage um, and I kept wanting to to build the mileage up more and more without giving myself enough recovery. So what I ended up doing was um, I found a coach to work with um, locally, and that was really helpful because she was able to kind of set more of the speed workouts, those things that I had grown away from in recent years and had kind of forgotten about. And she got me back out on the track, which was um, kind of a harsh realization. I remember trying to get down to like even just a 6.30 pace felt so brutal um, and thinking, oh my God, how am I going to be able to run like near a 6.15 for 26 miles? But, you know, those pieces just click together over time. Um, but it was really challenging to go from the slow, steady ultra marathon scene to, you know, it's funny to think of the marathon as like a fast event, but right. comparatively right. It, it, it is and, and speed really is important. How long, like months, um, did it take you to kind of feel more comfortable with that faster pace? Let's see, probably probably about six months, okay. I would think. Yeah. Cool. So it was a pretty big transition. Then, it was a pretty from... big transition. Mm -hmm. Yep, I finished my um, last ultra in November of, let's see, 2018, I think. And then I ran my first marathon back in April of 2019. Um, so, and I would say I probably just started to feel speedy right around the time that I ran that marathon. Okay. So yeah, it took some time. And that's that's tough. That's a long chunk of time to feel like you're not in your element. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of things did you rely on to stay consistent and stay trust in the process? <laughs> um, honestly, feedback from my coach. So I'm working um, with Caitlin, who is another local Madison runner. Um, and she is just one of the most positive people. And anytime I had a, a bad workout or something, you know, she would remind me like, hey, look what you're coming from. And, and she reminded me to rely on like the grit that I had developed during the ultra marathon scene. And, and you know, even if my legs maybe weren't turning over as fast as they were, you know, I would have liked, um, I knew that I was pretty stinking tough and that <laughs> I could kind of battle through and, and get to where I wanted to be. So that was really helpful. That's good to hear. That's awesome. That's awesome. How have you balanced uh, being a lawyer and running at such a high level, especially as you talk volume-based where you're hitting high mileage? Yeah, um, time management is super important for me. Um, so some kind of tips and tricks I've learned is one, I try to really adhere to like the nine to five schedule. So I try so hard not to work on nights or weekends because that's when, you know, it's your body's time to like rest and recover and get good food and, um, you know, do all those supplemental exercises, you know, ab work or strength or core, stretching, foam rolling. Um, so I try really hard to keep my schedule within nine to five. Um, another trick I found is run commuting has been a lifesaver. So I will pack, you know, this massive bag on Monday mornings and I'll take a duffel bag with me to work and it's filled with like all my lunches for the week, all my work clothes for the week, and I just leave that at my desk. And then throughout the week I can run to work, go to work, and then run home. And kind of matching or pairing, I suppose, the commute with the training has been a huge time saver. Um, let's see what else. Oh, um, I 
<laughs> happened to work right across the street from my local gym. So over the lunch hours, <laughs> I scoot over to the gym um, to to sneak in some extra training or honestly just to like hang out in the sauna if it's been a really challenging week. Um, and then finally, my work's been really good about letting me work remotely, which has been helpful oh, awesome. for um, traveling for races. So, um, for example, in January, I'm going down to Phoenix and I'm going to be racing um, a half marathon down there and I'm going to take a day and just work remotely. And um, and and so that's been really helpful, you know, because then I can get to Phoenix early, kind of get used to the weather, but, you know, still still be on the clock working. And I try really hard to, um, to, you know, not abuse that privilege because it's really nice that um, that they do that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. I love the run commuting. That is such oh. a great idea. Just pack everything up, get ready for the week, and it's then great. easy way to get your miles in. Absolutely, yeah. Because I, I always struggle, like, oh, gosh, i got to wake up, like, an hour earlier than I want to, mm-hmm. and if I want to be here at 6 o'clock, then I'm up at 3.30 or 4. Like, it's going to be exactly. challenging. So that just, I mean, that nips that in the butt makes it really easy. It really does, yes, yeah. And, um, you know, we just have one car between my husband and I, and he um, has a pretty long commute, so he uses the car, so otherwise I'm busted in and I'm having to you know sit and wait at the bus stop which is you know killing time so yeah it's a wonderful way to like you said to get you know kind of two birds one stone awesome yeah um I know Thomas has mentioned a lot about we in passing we've talked a lot about the uh, Atlanta course and how challenging the course is and how you can think of it as maybe longer than a 26 mile race Mm -hmm. um is that something that you've thought about talked about and that could be definitely a benefit for you as an ultra marathoner (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it will be a benefit. Honestly, I haven't thought a lot about the course yet. Okay. Um, you know, coming off of so I ran Chicago in October and then you dive right into like the holiday season and you know, it just has felt like such a busy time of year that I feel like I haven't done um my due diligence as far as researching the course map and the elevation. I mean, I know that there is some significant both climbing and descending. Um, on the course, and I definitely think that um, having that ultra background will come will really help me out. Um, yeah, I can't so. imagine there's hills on that course that are worse than some of the peaks on KT. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, some of those peaks were kind of like had to use hands, teeth, anything to pull you up. So hopefully, yeah. Atlanta's won't be that challenging. Yeah, the, tra- but. the track runners making their way up to the marathon are going to be thinking that there's mountains on the Atlanta course, and you're going to be like, "Where are the hills at?" Yes, Somebody talk to me. <laughs> if, if you need somebody to bounce ideas off of or talk about the course, Thomas is your guy. Perfect. <laughs> A nerdy running and maps world is, is a really wonderful, wonderful. setup. Wonderful. That's yeah. good to know. <laughs> so then what's what has it kind of been a pretty just sort of really general prep for the trials at this point? Or where, where are you physically and psychologically in terms of getting ready for, for Leap Day this year? Yeah. Um, psychologically, it's been really interesting. Um, I was so worried about qualifying for the trials and, and wondering whether I was actually even capable of that, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that was my goal, that it always, that was in the back of my mind for, for years, was qualifying for the trials and, and meeting that 245. Um, and then I, I did it, and it was kind of like, okay, what's the next goal? Like, of course, I'm going to race at the trials, but, like, what concrete goal can I go after? Because let's be honest, I'm not going to make the Olympic team. Um, and, you know, I don't even know if a PR is within the realm of um, possibilities on such a tough course. 
But, um, you know, I do think that that is, is um, something that I kind of have to work through is establishing that sort of concrete goal. Um, physically, it's it's been going well. I mean, racing in, or training in Wisconsin is always a challenge with the weather. So I've been doing a little bit more work on the treadmill than I have in past training seasons. Um, but that's not even bad because you can just set it to a certain pace and then, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about your pacing. You just got to make sure you don't fall off the back of it. Um, so, yeah, it's been good. It's it's. I'm, I was telling Spencer earlier that I kind of feel like I'm getting back um, to the type of weekly mileage that I want to see. So that's reassuring. And, you know, my paces are falling right where I'm expecting them too so um so that's all really promising feedback yeah i think you can take confidence too of the years and years of mileage mm -hmm. and ultra races and things that you've got under your belt that even if maybe you don't feel like you're right where you need to be training wise like it, it's there you're, you're going to be ready to roll absolutely yeah those those years worth of experience really um you know really do pay off in in big ways yeah yeah what's the mindset shift from the marathon to the ultra hmm. from the marathon to the ultra let's see I think ultras are um, very low pressure, first off. So um, I, you know, there, there's no, another thing too is, you know, no ultras alike, the, the terrain. So a 50K in one area is totally different than a 50K in another area. Um, even, you know, the same course, depending on the weather year after year is gonna be um, totally different. So with that in mind, it's, it's really hard to compare yourself not only to other runners, but even to your past performances. So it really is kind of you against that day. Um, and and I love that mentality of it. It's it's a really mental, I think, even more so than um, than the marathon. The marathon, you know, is kind of you just got to stick to that particular pace. But with an ultra marathon, man, you really have to keep your head in it um, and even your emotions in check, too. When you're going on like seven, eight, nine hours and your blood sugar is going up and down and up yeah. and down, your emotions can get a little bit out of whack as well. Um, I've also noticed a big difference between the um, marathon racing community and then the ultra marathon racing community. Um, it's a really laid back group of folks and, um, you know, really fun vibe. And I, I really love that about the ultra marathon. It's funny that you said there's there's like no pressure with the ultras that it's kind of like laid back from you. Because when I think about it, it's like, oh, gosh, like there's so many unknowns of the ultra. The distance is unknown. Like you say, the yeah. terrain's different. The weather can change things like I start thinking of all these things and my anxiety just gets heightened and heightened. Mm -hmm. Does the community kind of put that at ease that because everybody is so laid back and it's so relaxing come race day versus what you might have, especially on the track, but even at the mm -hmm. marathon? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, I definitely think the community, I think when you're all out there enduring miserable conditions together, there's sort of like a bonding um, piece to it. Um, I think also when you have that many factors that are totally beyond your control, there's sort of this sense of like, well, I guess I'll just relinquish, you know, control to mother nature and yep. whatever comes my way comes my way. And just knowing that um, you're strong enough to be able to handle that and and overcome that. And that does kind of have a, a little bit of a, um, you know, liberating effect, I guess. What do you think's helped you more to reach a success at the marathon, the mindset of the ultras or the training of the ultras? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think the training of the ultras has helped me more um, knowing that I'm capable of pushing my body to those extremes um, really builds confidence for then taking on the marathon. Um, I also think having hiked the Appalachian Trail, that physical challenge 
um, really helped me in the um, in, in training for a marathon as well. I, I was absolutely amazed by what level I could level of pain I could push myself to and then continue enduring. I mean, I sometimes actually now when I'm training for a marathon or, or racing in a marathon, I think back to this one time on the trail where I was um, hiking up a mountain with a lightning storm basically chasing me. I was going as hard as I possibly could and I knew I couldn't slow down because I had to get up and over this mountain before you know the lightning caught up with me and there'll be times in a race where I feel like crap but I'll think back to that moment and I'm like oh my god do you remember how hard it was to get up and over that mountain like this is nothing compared to that you're not wearing a 50 pound pack you're not you know having to step up these massive boulders so um yeah I think the physical challenge of both the Appalachian Trail as well as the ultra marathons um, have really helped me and my confidence level in the marathon. Did you document the um, Appalachian Trail at all, like rather writing notes, journaling or anything like that? Yeah, I did in a lot of ways, actually. So I had um, journals with me the whole time and I journaled every single evening. Um, you know, sometimes it was just two words like this sucks or something. <laughs> um, otherwise, it was, you know, other days it was a little more extensive. Um, in addition to that, I did do a blog that was fairly um sparse, probably like one to two blog posts a month. I had better intentions about about blogging more often, but those kind of fell by the wayside. And then the third way was I was actually part of um, a podcast. So I had someone following me um, along the way. The podcast was called Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail. And I checked in with him kind of on a weekly basis and he tracked my progress. So between those three things, I kind of have a pretty cool um, recording of my of my trek. That's awesome. Do you want to say that again just so people can, if they want to kind of learn the story or um, Sure, the podcast. Yeah, what's the podcast? Yep. So the podcast is called Mighty Blue on the Appalachian Trail. And then I would have been on the podcast, I don't know what season it was, but it would have been from um, probably January in 2017 through like September of 2017, those episodes. Okay, that is awesome. Yeah. Definitely something to, to download and load up for the commutes for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So trials coming up soon, mm -hmm. um, getting ready for that. What else do you have on the docket for 2020? Oh, good question. So I would, okay, well, I guess obviously the trials and then I'm doing um, the Boston Marathon in April. I've never done Boston before, um, but I figured why not? Why not? While <laughs> I'm in road marathon shape, I might as well tack it on. Um, so I'm doing Boston and then I would love to do a hundred miler. That's kind yeah. of my next big goal. So actually just this morning I was perusing ultra sign up to see, to see what's out there. Um, you know, it's, it's hard though, because these races are filling up so fast. Yeah. So, uh, you really have to kind of have your game plan in place and I don't right now. <laughs> So we'll just see, but, but that's okay because honestly, there's some really phenomenal, smaller, lesser known hundred miler races out there that, um, you know, go through just as beautiful terrain and, and are just as well um, coordinated and supported as even those bigger races. Um, so, so I think that's um, probably my next goal after the trials would be to run my first hundred miler. Um, any stress or anything you worry about with that turnaround from the trials to Boston or is that piece of cake? That for me, I mean, I don't want to jinx anything. Um, for me, that does feel like uh, a, a pretty 
easy task. Um, yeah. You know, having gone from doing multiple ultras in one season, this kind right. of just <laughs> like, yeah. Just a like, good long run. Just a good long run, exactly. So, but I mean, who knows? I don't, like I said, I don't want to jinx anything, but um, but I think it'll be a fairly, um, fairly smooth uh, pair. Yeah. And you kind of hinted on what I was going to ask next too about there's some smaller 100 milers mm -hmm. that on the docket that you could do. Have you thought about the the bigger races, right? Throwing in for the Western States, the Leadville, Run Rabbit, yeah. Black Canyon, all those sort of things. Yeah, um, not specifically. I mean, they've certainly been in my mind as, you know, one day bucket list items. I think right now I want to um, kind of gain a bit of experience doing doing some more 50 milers and, and definitely getting a few hundred milers on my belt. I feel like when I go there, I really want to uh, you know, this is just kind of my own personal mindset, but I really want to feel like I've earned my spot there. Um, and I think by doing a few additional ultra marathons, particularly in the, you know, 50 mile and up distance, um, will help me, will help me feel that way. And, but those are definitely, you know, um, on my radar for sure, but not anything that I've looked to, uh, too specifically as of yet. Okay. So you're not getting caught up in the hype at this point. <laughs> I feel like every ultra I talk to is like, yeah. I'll got to do Western States I'm trying to do it now. And I mean, the weight we know for, if exactly. you're not getting a golden ticket, it's insane. Exactly. And I'm having so much fun with just these smaller races that sometimes the, you know, the stress and the headache of having to go through that is, um, you know, I'm sure it would be worth it. It'd be incredible, but I'm having, you know, a wonderful time doing the lesser known races and, and meeting um, the people that pull those races together. So I'm perfectly content hanging out at this level for a while. Nice. Have you uh, kind of exhausted races around here? Do you want to stay around Wisconsin in the Midwest or are you ready to branch? I'm ready for both. Okay. I love, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin running, especially the trails is actually, um, you know, with the Ice Age Trail here, it's we have some pretty great terrain, um, you know, even up north. But um, I do love seeing new parts of the country, and I love the fact that, like, my own two legs can take me to places that cars or, you know, bikes even cannot. So I do, um, I'm not one to repeat races very often. Okay. So I like picking new races and seeing new courses and meeting new people. Um, so yeah, I am kind of looking all over the country. Okay. Yeah. So with the thought of a hundred mile race coming up potentially this year, how does it make you feel? And I guess uh, mindset going in, training philosophies, because I mean, I'll just seem like everybody's like looking towards that hundred mile distance and it's a, it's always a jump, right? You go from hundred K yeah. to hundred miles. So it's a huge transition. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I, you know, it's going to be a lot more of quantity over quality. So really ramping up, um, my weekly mileage, I'll be bringing back the back to back long runs on the weekends, which is certainly um, a time commitment. Mm -hmm. um, I have some really great friends locally who are um, pretty much experts now in the 100 mile distance. I'm gonna be tapping into um, a lot of their expertise and wisdom. But, you know, honestly, from what I've read and what I've heard, ultra marathon training between like the 50 mile and the 100 mile distance is not that different. Um, you know, it, it, there's only so much you can do. It's not like you can really, you know, go out and run a 100 miler as a practice. Um, so I think it's, just, I don't really know exactly. It'll be really interesting. A lot of unknowns. I think I'll probably be uh, winging the training a little bit, but um, just miles, miles and more miles and um, yeah. Is that exciting or kind of scary? Oh, it's super exciting. Yeah. Honestly, the, it's 
the stuff that scares me is like the speed work that you know that <laughs> is getting on a track is terrifying but going out for three four hours that i just no i issue. love no issue yeah awesome what is uh i guess numbers wise do those back-to-back log runs look like how, how far are you going yeah i'm probably going between like 40 and 45 miles a weekend okay so um splitting it up kind of however however it however I feel and, and depending on how much time I have on which day. Okay. And, and I'll you, probably just do that a couple times a season. That won't be every weekend. Um, but you know, a couple times leading up to the race. And you're traveling to trails to do those and trying to replicate things as much as possible. Yep. Traveling to trails to do those. Um, actually a great way to do it is to hop in some shorter ultra races. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, then you have the aid stations along the way. You don't have to worry so much about carrying, you know, four or five, six hours worth of food and water with you. Um, and they're super fun. So yeah. why not? The yeah. community is awesome. So exactly. why not be around them more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you've had this like unbelievable journey from like hanging out at a track when you're single digit years old all the way up to uh, some incredibly long stuff. Um, what was that process like to have sort of fallen out of love with running or had it be a, a complex relationship um, to then like as you're getting into the longer stuff and getting the ultra stuff to go from having a, a tougher spot with it to really feeling capable and powerful and really finding that love again yeah I mean it's it was incredible and I think it's a, a lesson that can also be applied to other aspects of life just like anything you know you have really high highs and really low lows um, and I've had both in running and I've had both in other aspects of life and seeing that I can hit those really low lows in running and come back to a really high high, um, you know, gives me the confidence that I can do that in other realms of my of my life too. Um, so it was really powerful, not only for my running career, but even just for my own personal growth and um, confidence level. And, and yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience and I'm, and I'm glad that I, that I struggled through my um, love for running in the way that I did. How does that help you kind of keep keep the balance now of having these these big things to get excited about, but still being able to kind of keep it in a, a healthy and positive place for you as you build toward? Yeah, um, you know that's something that I'm still trying to work through because there is like this constant. Um, pull between on the one hand just running because you love running and on the other hand you know setting these goals and really going after them and and trying to make a a name for myself and running be it um you know locally or regionally um or you know kind of on whatever level so that's something that i think you know we're we're always or i'm always you know kind of grappling with um i think keeping the goals new and fresh have been so getting back to that that balancing act a little bit between you know the, out, the outcomes and the external goals and what's going on inside of you on a day to day basis. What's I know it's hard to quantify, but what's what are the things that you cue into? Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it is hard to quantify, and it is kind of a constant struggle. Um, one thing that I was thinking about too is uh, you know with social media and you know hopping on there, you're constantly seeing other people's training and and how their training is um, is going, and then comparing yourself. So, um, you know, I think just always trying to reconnect to um, your why, you know, why you're training, um, what your goals are, and, um, uh, you know, and, and trying to avoid that uh, vicious cycle of, you know, comparing yourself to others. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, it's been fun, challenging, but um, that, that's a really good question. 
Yeah. If you don't mind just going off of that, what are some of your whys? What are some of the reasons that you get out the door? Oh, that's a really good question. I love um, pushing myself physically. I love seeing what I'm capable of, and I love setting this goal and being uh, scared of it and intimidated by it and totally unsure if it's even possible. And then seeing that journey um, and seeing myself get closer and closer to that goal. And then there's a point that I hit where it's like, I haven't even done it yet, but I know I can do it. Um, you know, before I even take it on, you know, if it's a particular race or, um, or, or anything else, you know, before I even start, I'll hit this point where it's like, oh, I got this. And that just feels um, so good. And I'm so proud of, of, of those moments. Um, so I think, you know, getting after that feeling is one of my whys. I also love um, the connections that I've made in the running community. Some of my best friends are some of my running buddies. And, you know, when we meet up for a run and we don't have our cell phones and, you know, there's no computer nearby and it's just us and maybe a sunrise and, you know, there's silence for a few miles and then we'll dive into a topic and, you know, there's there's no distraction and conversation is just free flowing. Um, those moments are, are so wonderful. And, and I think that's another why as well. So into the rapid fire segment of the show, what's your favorite place to run in Wisconsin? Ooh, um, the Ice Age Trail out by Devil's Lake. Okay. Yes. What do you normally do up there? Is it like out and back or is there a circuit or what's Yeah, what's so the there segment? is a 15-mile um, loop that I love to do. It okay. hits up the East Bluff and then, you know, it's um, if you've been to Devil's Lake, you've known how busy it can get um, right around the lake. But there's so many incredible trails right near there. And as soon as you get like a mile or two away from the lake, it is just like you in the forest. Um, so this loop is awesome because, you know, you get the phenomenal views of the lake and the climbing and, and those am amazing rock features. And then, you know, you kind of get the woods to yourself for the rest of the time. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite race that you've done so far? Oh, I did the Whiskey Basin Trail Race down in Prescott, Arizona. Um, and it was beautiful. I had such a preconceived notion of what Arizona looked like. I thought it was going to be very deserty. Um, but it is lush and green and there were pine forests and, and it was just an incredible race. What's your go-to during and after run fuel? During run, um, right now it's just goo gels. Um, during ultra marathons, I love eating dates actually during the race, and then afterwards it's nachos. Always nachos. nachos. Oh. Yes. Oh. That is that Always. is awesome. I don't yeah. know if my stomach could take some nachos after a race, <laughs> but maybe that comes with the territory. I guess. I guess. Right. <laughs> what uh, what flavor gel? Oh, let's see. Pineapple. Um, the really? pineapple roctane ones have been okay. sitting pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you were going to try to give someone a gateway drug into either trail or mm. ultra running, what would you tell them or where would you point them? Hmm. Um, let's see. Probably... I would probably point them, honestly, the North Face um, 50K in Wisconsin was a good one. And it's, I think, weather. If you get a good, sunny, beautiful day, um, I think you'll get them hooked. You send them out in, like, a rainy, <laughs> muddy, <laughs> miserable course, you may never have that friendship uh, come back. back. Yeah, exactly. Back. <laughs> would you recommend people do just jump to the 50K or maybe do, like, a trail 5K, 10K, half marathon? Yeah, I would say if they've done... Um, either a half marathon or a full road marathon that hopping right into the 50k would be no problem um, if they haven't done either of those I would suggest maybe starting with with you know a half marathon on trails that
that said, with the proper training, you can really jump in wherever you feel compelled to. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You talked about run commuting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is there like a like epically long point-to-point run somewhere in Wisconsin that you'd, you'd like to do sometime or like a really big ah. segment of the Ice Age? That's a good question. I am right now section hiking the Ice Age, so I'm keeping track of all the different sections I'm doing. Um, I've I've wanted to, so um, my husband is a rock climber, and he goes up to Devil's Lake quite frequently to rock climb. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I would like to do is just run from Madison up to Devil's Lake, and you know then he'll be up there climbing, and then he can drive me right on home. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's around 35 miles or so, so okay, pretty manageable. totally within yep. the realm. <laughs> Awesome. We'll uh, wrap it up with that. Jessa, thank you so much for sitting down with us and chatting about your experience, both ultra scene, trail, and then as you prepare for the Olympic trials. Yeah, of course. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll probably uh, try to touch base with you again after the trials just to kind of recap and see how things went. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember to trust the process, and everything's funner with Wisconsin Runner.